How many of you uh, struggle with consistency in your life? Anybody? I mean, do, do we... Is it a fair assumption that we all aren't consistent? We, we, we have issues in our life that it's, it's even hard for us to fulfill our obligations. Does anybody have any issues with that? Fulfilling all your obligations? How many of you have stretched yourself thin You've got so many people that, that want you here and there, and, but you've already promised this guy. How many have overbooked like an airlines? How many of you have overbooked? You, you've told one person, yeah, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there, I'm going to be And then you look and go, oh, man, I forgot. Isn't, isn't life a struggle? I mean, life is just, it almost presents itself impossible to tame. And I was sitting in the office this morning and I, and I started reading a little bit about Paul and, and how, Paul, how Paul was so transparent with the churches and, and how he was so open with, with who he was because he never... He never wanted to present himself greater than anybody else. Matter of fact, he matter of fact, he was quick to say, I am the least of all the apostles. He never wanted to portray himself as the best or as the greatest. But if we look at the Bible and view the Bible in accordance with who done what, man, Paul was probably the head honcho. He was the guy. But yet Paul struggled in his life. And you know, we, we've, had this, uh, we've had this question and there's been so many people that's tried to, and I'm not telling you I have the answer this morning. I'm just telling you what God laid on the, on the desk this morning. Remember Paul when he was talking about, he, he had asked God to take away this thorn in the flesh. Do y'all remember that? And and. How many different ideas, I'm going to label it that way, because there's, there's nothing yet that actually pinpointed this so-called thorn in the flesh, other than it was a messenger of Satan. That, that's, that's as close as you can get to what this thorn in the flesh was. Um, some say that it was his eyesight. Some say it was some other things, this, that, and the other. Maybe even he had issues with his face. They, some people called him ugly. Some people said he was ugly. That's, that was his, but I, I, whatever. So that there's these different ideas to express this thorn in the flesh. And I'm sitting there this morning, and if you've got your Bibles, Tommy Goat, I'm going to turn a switch on you here. Romans chapter 7 13 through 25, but I want you to go to the message. And I don't want you to throw it up just yet. But this is Romans chapter 7, verses 13 through 25. And I really like how this is flowing, so we're going to stay right here. Um, 
start with, uh, yeah, we'll start with 13. But now pay attention to this with Paul and, and, and what's going on here. Um, Paul's having a little bit of an issue. And again, he's being transparent with the church, with, with Christian people. This isn't something that he is that he is speaking to sinners. This is something that he is portraying to the church. He's, he's talking to you and I. And he says, Has then was what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin that it might appear sin, was producing death in me through what is good. Boy, doesn't it that just... Don't, I don't want you putting the message up there. That's not the message? Yeah, take it, take it down. But Paul is talking about what... That it might appear sin was producing death in me through what is good how can what is good be producing death i mean that okay he's already started and i started getting confused already i'm going okay dude what are you talking about and why are you hitting me up with this so that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful for we know that the law is spiritual. He's talking about the Mosaic law. He said, we know that the law is spiritual. Uh-oh. But I am carnal. Sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. Man, he was, he was preaching to me this morning. Because I've, I've got some issues. I wanted to put on Facebook this morning, pray for me, I have issues. But I was scared of what, <laughs> you know, some of you people get hot finger on Facebook and y'all come attacking me. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will, for what I will to do, what I desire to do, what I'm, what I'm earnestly seeking to do. That I do not practice. How many of you here want to do good? I mean, you, you earnestly want to do... Now, in the same question, how many of you aren't? Oh, don't you lie to me in church. We all want to do good. But we all have a struggle with doing that which we desire. Why? Because Paul mentioned it in, in, a, in a scripture before. I am carnal. We all have carnality that we deal with and that we suffer with. And we've got to find a way to get out of that. He said, for what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate... 
anybody got anything in your life that you're going to have. Okay, I should have. Let me, let me back completely up. I've got to open this up with this. Can you please be honest with yourself this morning? That's what I'm asking you. Is that in this time that we have together, and I'm just going to talk to you. I'm not, I'm not preaching to you this morning. I, I, I want to talk to you. Because this, this is, listen, I'm, I'm wise enough to know that what God deals with me on heavily doesn't just deal with me. But you're going to have to be honest with yourself this morning. Okay? So I'm, I'm asking this morning, if you would, would you please, and you don't have to amen me down and shout me down and whatever else and, and be recognized in front of people that you've got issues. I just want you... <laughs> See, she got issues. She done fell asleep on the pastor. But we all need, it's fine, Mary, but we all need to be honest with ourselves. Because when we, when we are incapable, Holy Spirit, you're working. When, because of our, our lack of an ability to be honest with ourselves. This opens doors of opportunity that now we fall into this trap of a self-righteousness because then we begin pointing fingers at one another and then we begin telling people that they are or are not saved, that they will go to heaven or to hell because of how they act based on how you perceive yourself in relation to what they're doing. Does that make any sense? So we, we have got, there, there is a day coming that we will stand before God himself. And, and we're talking about the one that created us. We are talking about the one that not only gives life, but he takes life. We are talking about the God of creation. This is the one that you and I will stand before and present ourselves. And if we cannot be honest here, the last place that you want to have to be held to your honesty is before him when it's too late. So we have to be honest with ourselves knowing that without Christ, without grace, we are incapable of being the Christian that he's called us to be. You and I have no ability whatsoever to fulfill the law in order to present ourselves righteous. You will fail. Is there anybody that can stand up and say, all Ten of Commandments I have kept? Okay, so if you can't keep all ten, what are you? We have to 
turn our lives over to the grace of God, which empowers us to walk out a Christian life. Will we live it and walk it perfectly? But I don't want you to sit here this morning thinking that you've made it. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that the Holy Spirit not only convict me this morning, but he convict you. Because we all have a ways to go. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting look at this. I, I want to extract as much as I can out of this. But here again, we're just living room talking, if that's okay. I just want you to be able to get some of what I got this morning. I, I want to help you. So here, here we are. We're talking about a man that has gone and is the... He, we're not talking about just any preacher. We're talking about the apostle. Now, if you, if you look at the, the hierarchy in church, the apostle's the top dog, okay? For just, just to get down here so we can talk. He's the top dog. I mean, he, that's who everyone answered to. The church has answered to Apostle Paul. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the weight on this man? That every church that had been started and angels had been appointed to. And I'm talking about the pastors. That they had been appointed to, he was responsible for. That's a lot of weight. Because I know, just from reading what Paul has written in the New Testament, how much he loved God. And he dared not ever want to disappoint God. His life was ultimately and dramatically changed in an instant. From being one to persecute the church to being one to prosper the church. What a dramatic, life-changing experience. And most of the churches that he grew and most of the epistles that was written, he wrote in jail. And we think if we can't do something out there, we can't do it. This man done it with a pen and a piece of paper. What a life-changing. <laughs> and we go, man, I just wish that I, do you? Do you really want to experience that dramatic change in your life? The way it, I mean, it was overnight with that dude. Having to turn his back, just like you and I from sin, having to turn his back on the world and turn his face to God. He knew something about grace that kept him running. Because I know it had to have, 
It had to have the action of grace on his life for him to even perform any of what he'd done. And he was even telling me that. But we're talking about, this is the Apostle Paul. This isn't, Dennis, this wasn't the guy that just graduated seminary after four years. This is the Apostle Paul. And he has unveiled himself before the church, you and I, and everybody else willing to read. That he, even he, does things he wills not do. And we, high and mighty Christians, We will look down on someone when we see them in an area of life that some of us had been in once before, but oh, how we have forgotten how the grace. Y'all okay? I don't know where y'all sitting, but it feels a little thick right about here. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now... It's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, and I don't know about you, I just know that in me, in, in my flesh, this thing that I got to contend with every day, this is what I know. Nothing good dwells. This, this is the Apostle Paul. I have to believe that this man had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he is sitting here telling me that I know in me. That is, in my flesh, he's having to contend with the same things you and I contend with. But as long as we stay in our flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will... Is present with me. I, I really want to do this. I really want to do what's, what's good, what's right. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, 
That I practice. Did y'all get The evil I will not to do, that is what I practice. This is the, I'm trying to help you, this is the Apostle Paul. If I had to compare myself with anybody, I would not want to compare myself with the Apostle Paul. I have a, I've got a struggle within myself in comparison. That's in me, my flesh. I have a problem of comparing myself. And I see the lack. I see the, the insignificance. I see the insufficiencies. I see the failures because I compare because I compare myself with others. I don't know if anybody else has that, that problem. I have that problem. This is why I was so happy when he was talking to me about this this morning. Because I'm sitting here going, dude. And he's, don't worry about it, Rocky. What you... What you will to do, you don't do. I get it. I was the same. And what you will not to do, what the sins that you don't want to do, the things that you know are not right, the things that you know are going to take you out of line, those are the very things that you do. Rocky, don't worry. I do the same thing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. See, there, there's this thing in all of us that we didn't ask for. But we have to contend with. And this thing within us is sin. Oh, I know. We, we want to sing the old gospel songs and we've been washed white as snow and all these other songs that we have that, that makes us feel good. That was another carnal Christianity thing that got on my, under my skin because we allow too many things that make us feel good to become our dictator or pathway to righteousness and to serving God and to worshiping God. And that's not the case. Praise and worship now has bred into the church carnal Christianity I don't want to preach. Because performance has now become a buffet to feed and excite the human race. And we've taken it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, listen, I, what I'm saying is this, that it becomes bad, it becomes unhealthy for the church when my church decides that it's performance it needs and not the broken bread. See, if you, 
If you walk out of here today and you're mad at, at pastor because this wasn't, this, he wasn't even spitting this morning. If you walk out of here this morning and you're mad and upset, listen to me. You have something to contend with yourself. Because the moment that we cannot sit and go, the broken bread is for me, we have a problem. Anytime that the word is spoken and broken open for you to give you substance, you best partake. It may not be for today. It may not be, <laughs> what was that one? Um, he was talking to Elijah under the tree. And the angel said, here, eat. And then he woke him up again and said, here, eat, because this is for the journey to come. See, there, there's a broken bread that's, man, there's a broken bread that's given to you today that is for your journey for next week, next month, next year, your next dimension, your next depth of relationship with God. That's that broken bread. And if we can't accept that broken bread today and partake off of it, we are going to be incapable of moving in the strength from that bread tomorrow. But we have gotten caught up in carnal Christianity. Because if it doesn't feel good, right, if the lighting is just not right for you or the heating and the air is just not right for you or the pastor's voice isn't fluctuating enough and it seems like it is. Who's got the problem? Because I am setting and those around you are setting in the same environment in which you set in. You choose to build walls around. I, I said I wasn't going to preach and I need to just teach. I wrote down a couple notes this morning. Did y'all know how many, well, yeah, how, how many know about plants? Like um, annuals and perennials? Do y'all Someone, I got a black thumb. I, I couldn't even grow weed if I wanted to smoke it. I just, <laughs> whoops. These things that I will not do, these, <laughs> they don't understand the struggle. <laughs> but it, but the, Holy Spirit, help me. Do you understand when I talk about annuals and perennials? And, and perennials? Perennials are, they're, they're like the, it's, a, it's an ongoing thing. They're always there and they're always persistent in season. That is the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is the perennial sin in your life. Because it comes back every season. All the time. It exists whether you see the evidence or not. Then there's seasons in your life that what was planted, not fault of your own, okay? I'm, 
I'm trying, to take, I'm trying to take that condemnation off of you. I'm just saying that the sin that we contend with is sin that we were born into. Amen. Did you hear that? She said amen on that. That a girl. But this is this is what we're talking. This is what Paul. This is what Paul is talking to us about. Is this perennial thing? It's every time I turn around, here it comes. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm not. I'm not a green thumb. If I'm not mistaken, you don't have to tend to a perennial. You you don't have to water. The perennial. You don't have to cultivate that. I'm talking about your sin. Just in case you got lost and you're looking for what are, I don't even know what some of the perennial flowers are. I don't know what comes up year after year. Easter lilies. And mums. See, I got educated this morning. That's good. But see, we don't have to, we don't have to cultivate those things. That doesn't mean that they do not exist. If you're not careful, here it comes. When you're not even thinking it's, oh, when you're not even thinking it's time for it, here it comes. Have any of you ever seen flowers that just look like they bloomed out of season? My mom used to flip out when a rose would bloom. She would go, it's not even time for it, or it's not even season for it. And she's already got a, she just got excited. I don't know if she just thought she was overly blessed or what, but she just got excited. But that's, that's how this sin in us, that's how this sin does. See, when you're not ready for it, Joe, that's when it, <laughs> whew. see, when we haven't prayed about it, Miss Pat, when we haven't given it second thought, uh-oh, here it come. And it just blossomed right before our eyes. And now we go, daggone it. And I don't even will to do that. Y'all okay? Where am I at? But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me. It's there, I want to, but how to perform it, how to perform what is good, I do not find. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do what it is I want to do. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. It's over and over and over he's telling us this. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Here he is again, telling us the same thing. If you ever see something repeated, please heed in the word of God. Now if I do what I will not, to do it is no longer I who do it but sin this is Apostle Paul he said it's the sin that is in me this is Apostle Paul 
So how can you and I as Christians, how can you and I as believers and followers of Christ think for a second that sin does not dwell within us because that we believe in Christ and we've been nothing but the blood, nothing but the... And how is, how is all of this possible? But God, I give everything up. I quit. I stopped. Oh, I'm, it's going to get gooder. Because there's something about the grace. There's just something about this grace that I really need you to understand this morning because so many of us live under the thumb of the law, which is death. Paul's telling us, if you want to live by the law, you're going to die because you're incapable. The only purpose of that law was that God wanted to show us our need of a Savior. He said, you will never make it back into the grace land of God on your own merit. You can't do it. You've already proven it to me through Adam. So now you need something to show you you're incapable. And that without me, you're sinful. But don't, don't worry about it. I already got a plan. I had it before the foundations of the world. You can catch me off guard. I already knew, Dennis, that you was going to do what you done. I already knew. Charlie, ain't nothing caught God off guard. Do, do we think that we snuck in the back door on God and said, boo, we scared, what? How are you going to scare God with your stuff? He already knows. But what he wants you to know is that his grace, Paul, is sufficient. Listen, and, and this is, okay, I just heard that. We got to go. Tommy, let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to chapter 12. So, uh, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Tommy, go. I'll take you back to message. Sorry. I'll, I'll take you that pretty close to when I'm thinking I'm finished. But we want to do 2 Corinthians right now, 12. If God does it like this for me every Sunday, I'm, nobody else leaves full Holy Spirit. I'm eating. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 9. Look at this. This is... At least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Now, now Paul's saying this. Paul, Paul's saying, look, if, if there's anybody that's going to be exalted, it would be me because I've, I've had this happen. I've gone here. I've had these revelations that none of you have experienced. Paul's saying, I, I've had, I could really boast on these things. But watch. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, 
a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, now, this is... I'm, I'm going to give it to you just like it was given to me, okay? You, you take it how you want to take it, but I, I really believe that God opened something up for me. We've been talking about what God wills or what, what Paul wills and he doesn't do and what he does want to do, he can't do, and back and forth and back. There, there's this struggle within Paul. Then I, I'm taken to this and I'm going, okay, wait a minute. I've, I've gone to God three times now to take this thorn of the flesh Hang on, just hang on. Okay. A thorn in the flesh was given to me. Could this be possible that this coexist with what we're talking about right now with Paul? The things that I will to do, I can't. The things that I will not to do, I do. Could that be possibly the thorn in this flesh that we're speaking of? That it's the possibility that there is something there that keeps him from reaching a perfection mentality while existing on this earth, that it would exalt him so that he would not find need for God. And God said, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to take it from you. You're going to keep it? This, I, I, can, I know you didn't own up to it. You didn't buy it. You didn't ask for it. But it's there. It, it, it was born into you. you I'm not, I can't just take it away from you. Oh, because it's not time. It's only when we get there that it's removed. What if that's the thorn in the flesh that Paul was talking about here? I wonder if he was turning back and going, man, I remember when I was talking about I couldn't do this and I wanted to do that and I couldn't do and I could and it never left me and it was all the time. And God's going, because I want you to understand my grace. I want you to lean on my grace. I want you to abide in my grace. Because the moment that you think, because look, look at how many times he said, I. Yeah. Yeah. Not one mention of the Holy Spirit. Oh. Oh. Maybe Galatians. Just hang on. I'm trying to give it to you as I get it.
we 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 have to understand it's in Romans where sin abounds grace much more abounds now that that doesn't give us a ticket to sin that's not that's not an excuse for your sin well God will forgive me well God's grace is sufficient it's not listen to me that's an abuse of grace You've taken on a God complex. Now you're telling God what he will and will not. That's dangerous ground. You better not ever look at God and tell him what he has to do. The only thing that he has to do is watch over his word that he may perform it. That's the only thing that God has to do. Because he can't be a liar. If he doesn't perform his word, that means he's a liar, right? That's the only thing that God has to do is watch over his word to perform it. God did not have to die for you. God does not have to pull you out of your circumstance. Because that doesn't dictate or change the idea or the fact that he's still God. So your condition isn't predicated by whether he's God or not. Job was sick as a dog, lost it all. God was still God, was he not? Thank God that Job understood that and realized that so that he could rebuke his wife by not doing what she told him to do. Maybe, just maybe, this is that thorn. I just want to put something else on your plate. Everybody else has said everything else. I just want to put this on your plate. You figure it out. And if God wants us to know, if God said this is in fact, I would have told you this morning that this is, I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you what was given to me and how it was laid on my desk. So now I'm just presenting it kind of in the same fashion. I hope... But what if this was the thorn that Paul was associating? What, what if this was the thing that Paul so much... Because I truly believe that he wanted to serve God with all of his heart, mind, soul, and body. I truly believe that. Now, some of us, we want to serve him. With a little bit of our mind, a little bit of our heart, some of this, and a little pinch of that. I truly believe that Paul wanted to give him everything that he had. He, listen, Paul walked completely away from what he was consumed by. It's no wonder the other apostles said, whoa, wait a minute. No. Dude, you ain't coming up in here preaching. Boy, ain't that just like the Christian. I know what you used to do. Man, I, 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 I so much want you to realize 
just how much you need God in your life before you worry about how much somebody else needs God in theirs. Because if you can realize the grace of God in its abundance in your life, you will present yourself to others in a better light. You will, you will gain, oh, you will gain access into the mind of those you speak with. How many of you would like to gain access? Women, how many of you like to gain access in the minds of your husband? Present yourself as Christ. Oh, okay, just because I don't want to get in trouble left church. Men, how many of you would like to gain We probably don't want to gain access, do we? How much easier is it in conversation when you are less debatable? See, that's why I encourage, and I, it's almost a law in my house and with my family. You got a problem with somebody or there's an issue with something, don't you dare text it and don't you dare email it and don't you dare phone call it. You do it face to face. Because see what you read that I text? <laughs> you, might, you might get your get right stick and bring it to my house and beat me upside the head because you read it a different way. I, don't, I ain't interested in none of that. I want to make sure if I think for a second that this is gray, we're not doing it here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, Tommy, let's, let's go, take me to, uh, to, the, to the message on that one. Not, yeah. Now watch, I, let, let me just give you this, because it's so simplified. I can already hear your next question. Wait a minute, is that, is that what I want? Is that Romans? Okay. I can already hear your next question. Does that mean I can't even trust what is good? That is the law? Are, are you, so I can't trust the law? That's what he's already know your next question. I love this guy. Is good just as dangerous as evil? I mean, this is what we were reading, right? I mean, I was sitting, I was battling with I'm going, so what's good and what's not? What's right and what's wrong? No, again. No, again. Sin simply did what sin is so famous for doing. Using the good as a cover to tempt me to do what would finally destroy me. By hiding within God's good commandments. 
Listen, I'm not telling you to, to, to grab Satan from the pit of hell and lift him up here equal to God, but I'm telling you now, that man, that being, that whatever he is, he knows the word. He can take that beautiful scripture that's full of love, hope, and grace, and mercy, and you could spew it with condemnation. Yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. We will snatch one verse out the Bible and we'll make it a doctrine. Yes, we will. We have to be so careful. Because even what God has meant for good, Satan will use it for e Kind of sound familiar? What Satan meant for evil, God will turn it to good. You know, he, there's a constant battle. Anytime there's a movement to change, there's friction. You don't believe me? Try walking a safe, sanctified life when all you're used to walking is hell and sin. Just watch the fight. Watch the friction. Watch the heat of the battle. Because it's going to draw itself up every single time. But look, he said... To tempt me to do what would finally destroy me. You already know. But because it was hidden. By hiding within God's good commandment, sin did far more mischief than it could ever have accomplished on its own. I can anticipate the response that's coming. <laughs> I know that all God's commandments are spiritual, but I'm not. Boy, oh. <laughs> uh, anybody ever been, well, they, are, they act like they're much more spiritual than me. Or they're much more spiritual than I am because they... Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm Yes, I'm full of myself. <laughs> After all, I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way. But then I act another. Is, that, is, is anybody even connecting with this guy right now? Yeah. Doing things I absolutely despise. He's not. I don't know if y'all can take this or not. Paul's not, Paul's not talking about when you went through the bedroom that one night, David, and you stumped your toe on the bed frame and you said, 
well, I better not because they'll think I'll go to hell if I say that word or something. But, oops, it was another word that we probably shouldn't have said. It just, it, he's not talking about that. He's talking about what you absolutely despise. See, I'm giving you, I'm going to let me give you a moment. Because I, y'all remember, I backed completely up and I said, do me a favor this morning. Be honest with yourself. He's not talking about stumping the toe, burning a finger. He's talking about what you absolutely despise. Don't raise your hands. Don't communicate this to me. But there might be something in your life that you absolutely despise. And yet you still do it. I wanna, see now, I want to help you. I f- it's tight now. I'm not saying that it's got to be something that is the an immoral sin, okay? I'm, I'm talking about something you absolutely despise. You, in, in your walk with Christian walk, you absolutely, I, whatever it is, don't, I don't care. I'm just saying whatever it is that you despise, it could be the fact that sometimes you run around and you go, God! And you just despise saying it, but you still say it. It could be anything. Whatever it is that you despise, that you feel is just such a heavy conviction on your life. Not, not what somebody else, what you do. What is it you despise and you still do? See, I can't believe that he's just talking about him. This isn't an autobiography. I think he is setting us up to let us know that there are things in our lives that rear its ugly head in season, perennial, And we go, why do I keep doing that? I hate, why? I'm trying to stop and I'm sick of doing it. Anybody ever say I'm sick and tired of it? I'm sick and tired of doing it. But yet you still do it. Come on, it it can be the way you talk to somebody. It could be the way you act. It could be the way you, the the, the way you view different things. I don't want you to think it is some. I don't want you to think it's some religious ungodly sin. Okay. Does that help you a little bit better? So that you can go, oh, now, yeah, when I said that about them, you know, you gossipers, the one that. Oh, we don't have those. 
We, I, I don't know where else to go with it. The, you know, the liars that just, well, there's none of us that do that either. Um, your attitude, I'm, uh, well, there's none of you have an ugly attitude. That never comes up. That, that, should be a, that should be a weekly, not a perennial. <laughs> that comes up every week. <laughs> what, are, what are some of the things, you know, that it's a constant. It's persistent. And we absolutely despise it. That's what he's talking about. Y'all got to stop me from talking in the middle of reading, because now I've lost it. Thank you. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. Can anybody? Yeah. <laughs> Mike, I need something more. The, the thing about God's commandment, I get it. I understand it, Dawn. You don't have to beat me over the head with the rules and the regulations of the Bible. I get it. I understand it. I'm just telling you that even, even that I know it, I still do opposite. I need something more. This is where it gets gooder. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need and change help <laughs> I obviously it did y'all get that <laughs> it, hey go back that, well that's worth reviewing I need something for if I know the law but I still can't keep it and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions I obviously need help. Does anybody obviously need help? I mean, look, this is so good. I've realized that I don't have what it... I can will it, but I just can't do it. Come on, any, anybody ever talked about something and just didn't do it? Oh, come on. Okay, let me, I was talking to my mom the other day. I, she said, really need to wash them windows. It wasn't a couple months ago, maybe. I really need to get up and wash them windows, but she never moved. Before I left, I said, Ma, you're going to have to get up before you get the windows clean. I know, I just, see? See, if we can bring it, 
if we can grab this gospel in a simplistic manner and put this thing to work in our own lives, we can see things like this and we go, man, that's what that means. It doesn't have to be complicated in your life. Listen to me. You can't do this on your own. And that's what Paul was telling us. He said, I obviously need help. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I'm a, has anybody ever left church and said, okay, that's it. Today, I'm going to do better. And you ain't get out the parking lot until you found out that you couldn't do better. I decide not to do bad, but then, <laughs> whoo, boy, this sounds like Christians, don't it? Don't this sound like a church full of Christians? Absolutely it does. I'm telling you it does. And I, listen, that, that's not condemnation. I'm not trying to put nothing on you. I, that's not, I'm, just, I'm telling you, this is the, I'm sitting here in full transparency this morning and telling you that Paul and I identified this morning. I don't, I don't really want to hit people in the throat, but I do. And my sister says, you can't be saying stuff like that. That's why you can't grow a church. You, you threaten to hit people in the throat. And I go, well, if they need it. Paul would say it a different Christian way, but I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly. I think that was a misprint, Tommy. I wish you could put a strike in that and just strike that part. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. Okay, okay. Don't lose that. Listen. It happens so regularly that he could set it home and predict Think about you. Okay, this ain't everybody, so not everybody has to get all tense on me. It's your attitude. You, you can predict how you're going to react to somebody's act against you. You can predict it. Ooh. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The Holy Spirit that got all up in y'all soup bowl this morning, ain't he? We can, I can, listen, I can predict to you how I will respond to her if she comes at me a certain way. Doesn't make it right. I can't do it. Even though I want to. I try. I still can't stop it. It's not that I want to hurt. That's not the point. 
The point is, I know better than to do wrong. But I'm going to do it anyway. My whole thought at the end of that, I said, so God, let me ask you a question. What's there to being saved? See, will, will y'all ask questions to God like that sometimes? When I, when I say, God, no, wait a minute. I mean, if, if you're in me and you, you abide in me, you, I've got your spirit inside of me, but yet I still can't defeat this thing and you won't take it from me, then... Quit getting ahead of the sermon. It's persistent. That's why we have to have perseverance. This is why, listen, guys, listen, gals. This is why I try to encourage you all the time. And sometimes you may not take it as encouragement. I promise you. I'm just trying to encourage you. Sometimes you've got a harder head than other times, and I need to break through. And some, you just get it that way sometimes. Okay? It's not meant on purpose. not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to get you to change. I'm trying to help you grow and mature in Christ. And there's a time and a day that we need to recognize what we have done and try to fix it. And we can't. We can't go along blaming this person and that person and somebody else for what they're doing in the meantime that we're sitting in our mess and we despise to change any of it. That's why I tell you, I better not catch you looking down your nose at anybody walking in this church. You, you, you want to tick off a preacher, that you're going to get him that day. You don't know what bus they rode to church. You don't know what hell they waited. The best thing you can do is shake the hand, give them a cup of coffee, tell them to have a seat beside you so they don't feel left out. That's the best thing you can do. Never mind. I said I wasn't going to preach. Where are we at? Did you catch me again? It happens, yeah, I didn't want to talk about that again. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. The second I say, I'm not going to say that again. The second I say, I'm not going to act like that again. I truly delight in God's commands. <laughs> it's almost comical at this point. I truly delight in God's commands, but it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me, ooh, parts of me covertly rebel. <laughs> In secret. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. Come on. 
sit in that right there for a second. Parts of me covertly rebel. <laughs> my mom's famous. You want my two cent? <laughs> That's my mother's famous words. You want my two cent, mama? Don't nobody need your two cent. It can't even buy a piece of bubble gum today. Don't nobody need your two cent. Keep your two cent to yourself. Save it up. Eventually, you'll have enough to buy a soda. But keep your two cents to yourself. Listen, we, we're all guilty of that. We all want to give our opinion. Well, I think it doesn't matter what you think. Well, I feel it doesn't matter what you feel. I told you earlier that the Bible says there's many ways that seem right unto man, but to the end come destruction. If it ain't according to God's word, if it ain't according to the truth, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything. Boy, if I could, if I could pin a phrase, I've heard that from everybody I've ever pastored. I've tried everything and nothing helps. Have you, have you tried this? I've tried everything and nothing helps. Well, have you considered trying? I told you. I've tried everything. <laughs> Woo, I'm at the end of my rope. Boy. <laughs> I done had enough. I can't take no more. We've probably said it to our spouses. I'm at the end of my rope with you. Yeah, I've, I used to tell people when you're at the end of the rope, tie a knot. You can hold on long. They, the knot's already slipped out. I'm at the end. Is there no one who can do any? Is there no one that can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. Whew. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all of my heart and mind. But am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. Is there any money? Yep. Y'all remember one year I preached on grace in chaos. Did y'all remember that? It was grace in chaos. It was, it was when I, I spoke about Jesus' birth, that he was birthed in the midst of chaos. In the midst of your chaotic life, Christ, grace, my, my, my grace, Paul, my grace is sufficient. Listen, if you will just, if you will turn your heart and your mind and your life to me, 
let me take care of everything else. Does this, Pastor, does this mean that I'll, I'll now go and I won't have this or that? No. I'm just saying that you're reliant, but oh, the reliance on your self-preservation will cause you to become weak in your belief and your faith in God. Because you will soon find that everything that you rely upon that you can do always leads to a dead end. And now you begin to reconsider, am I doing the right thing? Can I ever do the right thing? Will I ever become what they are? The Holy Spirit preserves you. The Bible says that he, y'all, anybody can, anybody can, I know you don't. The only thing you do with can is open up a can for the dogs. So you, you can, so you understand, you understand what I'm saying when I go, y'all know what that is, right? That, that lid just sealed. That, listen, that is what the Holy Spirit does with you in your salvation. Woohoo! He's already preserved you. Why try preserving yourself? Just all just rest. Ain't that what happens after that? When it goes, it just rests. Man, grace and peace be unto you. Grace. One that will sustain you and take you and keep you and empower you. It's grace that, that broke that bondage of sin in your life does that mean it's non-existent nope see that's that gospel thing that you've heard from religious never mind because we think we've all been washed why that's how god sees us <laughs> because he's looking through his son and the purity of his son You're still sinning. Sinful. Sin abducted. You still got to struggle with it. It's there. It always will be there. It's never going away until the day he returns. And when he returns and then there's the judgment and then there's the cast into the lake of fire, then it's done. It's over. You no longer. As of right now, unless I get further studies and it shows me something different. Because <laughs> right now I'm really just twisted on this hell heaven series. I'm just, whoo, it's blown my mind. But God's grace is sufficient. Don't allow what that you will to do and you don't do. And what you don't want to do, you do. Don't allow that. To interfere with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't allow that to defeat you. And cause you to be depressed. Because God I'll never be perfect. I can, God I just can't. Don't, don't allow that. To interrupt your relationship. With God. Because I'm here to tell you this morning. By the grace of God. I'm still going. And believe me when I tell you, if I can keep going, you can keep going. Joe, I'm going to do something today that I don't want to do. I already know it. 
because it happens so regularly, it's predictable. Look, I'm, I'm telling... God loves us so much that He's willing to take things like this and present them to us in fashions that are palatable, digestible, transformational. I can't add to this, can't top it off. We're not even doing praise and worship day. You got mad, didn't you? Just got mad. Just got mad. You had praise and worship because we were in the presence of the Lord. And we should have been worshiping him the whole time. Amen. So sing. There you, well, sing. <laughs> but isn't this something like the love of God? It's times when you're not expecting it, it just shows up. Times when, when you were really contemplating, it just showed up. That's why I don't, listen, this is why I don't want to taint nothing. I don't. Let's, let's do me a favor, please. Don't walk out here and be mad at me because we didn't sing a song. Sing it on the way home. Don't you talk about me when you leave. Listen, I'm, I truly believe the Holy Spirit just sowed something in your life. And if, and if you, listen, if you will be obedient and if you will be humble in His presence. I truly, truly believe that this will be transforming in your life. I truly believe this. But if you go rejecting it because you have parts of your body that are covertly rebelling, you can destroy the crop. Don't destroy your harvest. All right, y'all, are you okay? Let's, let's stand in the presence of God real quick. And I just, I, I'm going to dismiss this in a prayer. And I want to pray over you. The more and more I'm walking and I'm trying, I'm trying to get closer to God. It's a struggle, brother. <laughs> but I'm trying. And the more and more that I try, the more and more he edges to me. And he gives me things. And I go, God, but why me? Why me? And the only thing I've ever gotten out of him was because of my obedience and my humility. And those are the two that I really try to walk in as much as possible. Do I do it all the time? Am I pertinent? No. I miss him and then I go home and I get mad because I missed him. But if you will endure this, this race and you will consistently and directly Try to increase your relationship with Christ by the grace of God, not by anything that you've done. So you can't go to church 15 times in one week and think that drew you closer to God. Okay? Because you can still live like hell at home. We were talking about it yesterday, about the kids and, and why the youth is, is dissipating in churches. And it's because mom and daddy one way at church Mom and daddy different at home. Youth need real transparency, truth. They need something they can hold on to, not something that's flip-flop.
And that should be our, that should be our desire with our relationship with Christ. Because that's his desire with us. He wants us to stay in his arms, in his clutches. That's where he wants us. But we want to go here and there every once in a while.